Good morning. <laughs> or evening. I mean, who knows who listens to this at what time, Jack? This is live, no? Uh, not quite. No, we did pre-record this. <laughs> we did. Anyway. We actually just finished having a chat and I really, really, really enjoyed this because it completely um, filled in a lot of blanks for me. Today, we got technical on hemp. Jolene, did you know what hemp was? Um, well, I suppose I did, but I didn't. I mean, like, when I think of hemp, I probably think of cannabis, you know, or marijuana. But, like, it's way, way more than this. Yeah, exactly. So what we have is we have two young farmers, Daniel and Laura Jane, who have been growing hemp in County Clare since 2018. The husband and wife team have trialed different varieties of hemp on their farm to see what suited the growing conditions on the aptly named Wild Atlantic Way. Yeah, and we spoke about the many uses of hemp in our lives and we dug into the science, the processes, the challenges and of course the regular, the regular and of course <laughs> and of course the regulation and complications as this market and potential super crop explodes worldwide. So as Jolene is trialing the hemp there, I will go on and explain that this is an exciting listen about a group of farmers who are blazing the trail for a crop that could massively contribute to a greener planet. We spoke about the Hemp for Soil project, a regenerative farming experiment in Loophead in conjunction with 10 local farmers who were encouraged to grow an acre of hemp to see how the hemp would not only improve the overall quality of the soil and benefit the local biodiversity, but it could also provide a sustainable income stream to the farmer in the future. And in a very exciting turn for our podcast, this is a first, we have a special offer. <laughs> Daniel has very kindly offered a free 5ml bottle of CBD oil posted to your door and there is no catch. Well, how do you maybe get it? a little catch in that you do have to listen to the podcast to find out how to do that. But look, let us tell you no more. You are listening to the Neighbour Food Podcast and here are... Daniel Lyons and Laura Jane Foley of Wild Atlantic Hemp. Okay, uh, my name's Daniel Lyons. Um, I live in West Clare and myself and my wife have a company called Wild Atlantic Hemp, um, selling CBD oils to the health food market, to like health food stores, pharmacies, and to personal clients and stuff like that. So that's what we, we mainly do. Class. And Laura, is this something you've been doing for ages or like, is this a new project or how, how did you start in this? We started back in 2018 and we decided we would try to get a hemp cultivation license and we would see if we, that would be the first step. Yeah, we'll see if that was see possible. See if we could get one. We weren't even sure was that possible at the time. Yeah. And yeah. we were very, we wanted to make sure that they understood we wanted to make CBD oil from it. So we did that in 2018. And since then, there's so much that happened. We, we went back to college. We did our master's mm. in agricultural innovation in NUIG with focus on hemp. We did Enterprise Ireland New Frontiers program, mm. start the business. But the business actually of selling hemp or selling CBD oil didn't actually start till 2021. Yeah, it was, around, it was, it was like two, nearly two and a half years into it of trying to get through all the rules and the regulations, the paperwork getting getting a license getting the food safety authority in to see the facility and even the first day they said basically oh on our watch no way no how so we had yeah. to try and go above their heads to find their bosses and stuff like that yeah. so it was a bit of a minefield at the start 
trying to to get everything in order because like you talk to the departments and it's like oh computer says no go and talk to this department you get onto that department no no you're meant to be talking to the other department and we were just put around in circles for the first couple of months trying to even figure out where you got the license to be be honest so yeah that was that was a bit of an ordeal all right trying to get it all all our ducks in a row at the start to be honest i'd say people thought you were just completely cracked like yes to be honest (laughs) yeah yes real earnest you're not going to be allowed to do this there's not a hope forget about it basically is what most people were saying you know yeah and come here for people who don't know what 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 hemp is and what cbd oil is could you just kind of give us a quick explainer yeah, so basically um, hemp is the cannabis plant. So it's cannabis sativa. So you have hemp and cannabis, but basically they are the same plant. Basically the hemp was bred in a different direction. So it was used for, as I say, it had very low THC. So it wasn't used for the, the smoking side of it, let's say. So they were able to make sails, canvases, ropes. You could make cloth out of it. So it was so so versatile. It could be used on an industrial scale. For, for many different components. Um, so basically that's what the difference is, whereas the, the other side of it is used mainly for, for recreational, you know. Okay. But then with the hemp as well, um, it also had a lot of the other kind of medicinal compounds in it, the, the CBDs and stuff, whereas out in the THC, that was kind of bred out of it over years, but they hadn't looked at it, so it was still in the hemp. So you did a lot of these valuable compounds still in the hemp. So we went starting to look at those to see could we extract those compounds out of it. Okay, okay. Brilliant. And it, it's it, you say it's the same plant, but it's a different species. So it, it looks completely no, it's just, it's different. It's the same species. Uh, ah, okay. so, so it is. It's just, it's like, it's like as if you get a plant and you have the one plant and then you get a bunch of seeds off of that. And you can look at it saying, okay, this plant grows really tall. So I'd be able to make really good rope out of this plant. Mm-hmm. So you could take you would you would take those let's say ten or twenty plants you found out of that you would bring them you would plant those and then you would take the seeds from those and so on it might take seven or eight years but you would have bred something in that direction that you wanted to use it for you. a particular thing yeah great yeah, so they're the exact same plant I could take the hemp plant put down a hundred of those seeds find one that starts looking more like the cannabis or have more of those compounds and I could breed it back the other way as well so they're they're the exact same plant to be honest okay so that's why the the licensing and the the production of this does get tricky it does because it does have trace amounts of the THC uh, in it uh, so that's that's where it becomes tricky all right so you're trying to keep your THC THC it's tetrahydrocannabinoid so this is the compound in the cannabis plant that g- g- gives people a sense of euphoria or, f- or well-being, you know, that kind of a way. Okay, so that's the component inside the smoking weed, basically. Y- yes, yes. But and this also has a lot of good properties in it that is needed as well, you know. Okay. So there's about 200 cannabinoids, over 200 cannabinoids in the cannabis plant. And so THC is a cannabinoid, CBD is a cannabinoid. But then there's loads of other cannabinoids as well that there are more kind of in smaller amounts. But as they research them and identify them, they find that they all have some value. Um, so they were all kept in hemp. And so when we make our CBD oil, it has CBD, which is cannabidiol, but it also has maybe five or six other cannabinoids. CBN, CBC, CBG. So it has a myriad of different compounds, which all seem to have their own kind of ability to Let's say we're not allowed to make medicinal claims, but when you actually look at the research and what they've been doing, a lot of these compounds help with the regulation of our own body as well and help us to kind of heal ourselves, you know? So we actually have an endocannabinoid system, which is actually a medical term for a system within our own bodies 
we produce cannabinoids within our bodies. Really? So even breast milk would have cannabinoids in it. Okay. Um, they're called endocannabinoids, but they look very, very similar to cannabinoids that come from the cannabis plant. So, you know, it's, it's, they, they say that the, these cannabinoids, when taken, kind of help with homeostasis. So they help bring you back to a level of kind of, I suppose. Okay. And the predominant one we're, we're talking about here, which is what's on the market, what you guys produce is CBD. Can you explain CBD. a little bit more specifically about CBD then? Right. So as I say, I'm not allowed to make any medicinal claims or anything like that about it, but I can kind of tell you what people buy it off me for. So yes. I have a lot of people that will buy it for, for aches, pains, things like that. It seems to give yeah, them a bit I've, of relief. I've heard arthritis. So people with arthritis, inflammatory yeah. problems, yeah. stuff like that. Um, even like digestive system, if you have inflammatory bowel problems, things like that, people buy for the digestion. So a lot of people will use it for skin conditions and things like that to, to rub it on if they have eczema, eczema, things like that. It seems to help people a lot with it as well. And then you'll have a lot of people that might use it for for like pain relief and then um, anxiety and things like that as well. Yeah. As I say, that's what people buy it off me for. I don't make claims itself that it can do those things, but people kind of come back and tell me that that's what they're using it for, you know? Okay, and it comes, obviously, most people would know as an oil. As an oil, yes, yes. And then you consume it by dropping it into you put a, your dro- mouth drop it, or dilute the tongue. So you do, you'd hold it there and you take a drink of water then to consume it. Or else people will rub it directly onto the skin if they have a skin condition and it helps them that way, you know? Okay, and I think CBD oil is quite fascinating for most people who'd listen to this podcast who might not know too much about it because it feels like it just exploded mm. all of yeah, a sudden. It, it yeah. has. To be honest, it, it wasn't even... When we, when we set up this... Like, I've been researching it for 10 years prior myself... But it wasn't on the agenda, to be honest, in Ireland. It literally, it's only in the last two years that you really start hearing about it in Ireland. It's just, and is this we weren't talking mar- about it before, to be honest, you know. Is it a market shift or is it a licensing thing? Like, is it suddenly became more legal or? Um, well, it's in other countries, it's been working in the background for a while. Uh, like in 2018, uh, America passed the farm bill, uh, the hemp farm bill. So they had been, I'd say, breeding strains for 10 years prior, getting ready for that as well. So a lot of people had been working in the background, basically prepping their strains, getting their seeds ready and stuff like that. So for the last 10 years, to be honest, people have been working in the background and that's why it has exploded because the knowledge had been developed and and people were ready to go with it, you know? And the supply was kind of ready to go as well because obviously with farming, it's not like... Let's no, go. You've, it's, it's like, as I say, with farming, you know, you have to, you're, if you're going to a farmer and say, oh, will you grow some hemp for me? He's kind of looking at you going, what, what are you yeah. on about, really? You know, yeah. I have to go and get a license for that or the guards could be down to me or they, I could get arrested for doing those sort of things. So you have a whole ethos to change, really, of people, mm. of what, do you know what I mean? To even, to even get them to, even to, to, to look at this, to dip their toe into this mm. as well is a risk for them, to be honest, mm. the way they would see it. And a lot of, a lot of farmers will be risk averse. They, they don't want to dip their toes into something that's risky to be honest mm. so it takes a while of convincing and as, as i say we we set up the hemp cooperative back in 2018 a bunch of us as well so it's kind of we tried to get all the members around uh, the country basically so we could all start talking to each other see what we're doing share information to see how we're because we were all working in the blind to be honest so we all needed to kind of pull our hands together to try and get this all working you know yeah. i love that and i i, I watched the video that was made by you guys which is actually brilliant it's really good production and um it mentioned that you're able to kind of share licensing and stuff like that as well what's that's the story the project now isn't it oh i suppose that was the first that was the, yeah. yeah so we got our him for soil project <laughs> we it was the first multi-licensed project um in the country for him 
So it's it's a European Innovation Partnership, which for a, it was a project on soil biodiversity, and um, we chose hemp as the plant that we would grow. And so, if the farmers that were involved, we got a group license. Okay. Um, so that's the first multi multi farm license. But yeah, from the point of view of the hemp cooperative. We, I suppose we don't really share licenses, but what we do is we support each other in making the applications mm. because, you know, it was very new and nobody really knew what they were supposed to write down on their license application. And so we would sh- kind of work together to share knowledge about, you know, you know, how it, to go about the application. Because we, we were the first people as well to make it clear on our application to the Department of Health that we wanted to make CBD oil. Mm. So we had to put a business plan f- to together and we had to submit that to the HPRA when we were making our application and we really didn't think at that stage that they would approve us to make CBD oil but at that stage they did so since then we've kind of just been advising other people about how to fill in their license application. Cool and, and these are a small bit technical but um, what, what's so what's the kind of crop cycle of, of hemp like what's your year like when's the harvest when do you plant down do you get one or two? Um, so it depends really, let's say if you were working in polytunnels and like that, it's possible to get two, but to be honest, there's an awful lot of effort that. So most of it would be grown outside basically. So we'd, we'd start planting in, um, April and May, basically end of April, start of May is a good time. The kind of frost has left. The frost is gone. Um, so we were trying to get it into the ground around that time of the year. And then with this particular strain that we're using at the moment, it's called, uh, Fenola. So it's actually a very short period. It's called an auto flowering strain. It would have an actual Russian breed of cannabis called Ruderadlis bred into it. So it works very well for the climate in Ireland because this, you can have it planted by, as I say, the start of April and May that time, and you can have it out of the ground by the end of August. So you can, so you're talking maybe like a three to four month period of growing, which is very, very short, to be honest. So it is, mm. but at least if you're getting it out of the ground in August, you're not having to go into September, October, where they might have to harvest some crops where it's gone too wet, mold might stretch through the crop or the ground has gone mm-hmm. too wet, lose a tractor in the ground or trying to get things towed out of there. So the particular strain that we use at the moment is called Fenola and we harvest that by the end of August. Okay. And then it's harvested. You like to, to give a visual on this, because obviously podcasts lack a bit of a visual medium. You're mm. talking about a, a pillar, a kind of a, the plant hairy, looks like a pillar. The plant is like uh, a, a central yes, hairy yes. column. So it, it, it all depends on the ratio you plant them with as well. So if you plant them quite densely and close together, the plant will just go straight up, but it'll be a stalk and then you'll have a, a kind of a flower with the seeds on the top of it. If you give them a bit more space, the plants do a bit of side branching out as well. Mm-hmm. But you want to have them reasonably packed together as well that you're trying to suppress the weeds at the same time as well. Because if you have way too much speed um, space all all the weed will grow up through it all the weeds will grow up through it you know okay and then and then you take off the the, the top of that kind of column yes. so or... you're taking off where the the seeds and the flower are together right. and that's where you would uh, produce your oils from that part of the plant then basically okay and then that's hung and dried that would have to be hung and dried there's a few different methods for drying so it can be like depending on the weather it can be dried in the tarp and stuff like that but it would need to be brought into a kind of a, a sealed building at the end yeah. with a dehumidifier just to mm. to finish it off it can be can be hung in containers and stuff like that on, on like racks and strings and hammocks um you know like a heat source and a dehumidifier over a couple of days will take all the moisture out of it for you um then there's like industrial dryers and stuff like that as well now we wouldn't be using into using them because a lot of times they go very hot and if you dry the yeah. plants 
too much yeah. you can lose a lot of its potency and a lot mm. of the energy that's in the plant basically so mm. it needs kind of a gentle dry you have to you have to For mind sure. the plant to get what you want out of it to be honest if it gets bashed around and knocked around too much you, you lose a lot of the cannabinoids that might be in the plant you know for sure. Okay. And then the seeds are taken and the seeds are cold pressed, probably. Um, the, the, the seeds would be cold pressed to make a hemp seed oil. Now, yeah. we, we, that, we have a different method for extracting for extracting the, the CBD oils. It's kind of more of a mechanical extraction because under Irish food law, you weren't allowed to use any solvents to extract. You wouldn't be allowed to use like ethanol or CO2, whereas that would be kind of the standard in the, in the industry. But under Irish food law, you, you weren't allowed to use solvents, basically. So we had to go back and kind of look at it and see what way could we extract the, these oils out of the plants mm-hmm. without using solvents. So we kind of used a mechanical extraction. Mm-hmm. We use heat, pressure, and a few pressure. different things. Okay. So we came up with our own method that works under Irish food law to be able to extract the oils from the plants, basically. Oh. So it's not cold pressing. We use a different method. We tried a bit of cold pressing. It didn't work very well for us. Some other people use it, but we just found it wasn't the best method for us, basically, you know? Okay. And this is um, the question I've been wanting to ask you since I started reading up on you last night. What about everything else in the plant then? The CBD oil is, is out. Kind of why we started the Hemp for Soil project. So we, we started the Hemp Cooperative, a group of us, back in like 2017, 2018. Mm. And then, so there was loads of us talking, but we knew that there was no processing, you know, there was no processing facility in the country. So everyone had to kind of be cottage style industry. We had to process ourselves. Um, and we really only could focus on the seed and making the kind of CBD oil. And so there was a huge amount of waste, um, which because the, all parts of the plant can be used, you know, mm. from the roots to the stalk mm. to the inflorescence, it's, the seed, it's all valuable. And it all can be, um, it can be harvested from the same crop. So basically the the nothing is it's we're at the very early stages of uh work being done on kind of processing the whole entire plant in ireland um like for example our community here in Lupin together mm. we did the hemp for soil project was where we we wanted to look at the this the how hemp you know how i suppose how do we say this so we wanted to look at how we can improve the soil biodiversity and we wanted to do it in a couple of different ways we we use we added um a thing called biochar to the soil mm. um and we mixed that with slurry so that was a replacement for for artificial fertilizer and which was one of the things that we, we kind of really wanted to mm. show that it could be grown without fertilizer mm. well it needs fertilizer but it doesn't need artificial fertilizer um and we so we what we wanted to show is a hemp had a phytoremedial aspect to it so it's, it can draw heavy metals out of the ground um, it's, it's huge for carbon sequestration. They can sequester 10 tons of CO2 per wow. hectare, which is oh, incredible. Yeah, and it, when you, when you think it's only in the ground for three months and it's yeah. coming out the size of and a small takes, tree. It takes trees four years to do the same thing that it does in three months. Mm. Wow, so there's all incredible. these yeah. really positive environmental benefits that we saw, but also there was also opportunities for like the bioeconomy and circular economy within our community. So we, we, we bought in biochar. So I'm not sure if you, the, your listeners would know what biochar, but it is, but it's, it's a, like a charcoal substance. It's made from um, biomass. When you heat treat it, it basically, they burns off anything other than the CO2, the carbon. Okay. So if you grow a plant like hemp and turn it into biochar and then put that biochar back into the soil, you're basically taking carbon out of the atmosphere 
converting into CO2 and then you're building soil with it. But it does, it's also really beneficial for this health of the soil. So you're building soil and you're sequestering carbon. And by adding slurry to it, which was um, uh, kind of the microbial tea that we used, you're, you're replacing the need for that artificial fertilizer. So our community now is looking at, because we've been chosen as a decarbonizing zone for Clare County Council, mm-hmm. we're looking at, let's say, farmers being able to grow um, a couple of hectares of hemp, um, turning it into biochar, locking, bringing it back onto their farm and putting it into the soil and getting payments for for carbon sequestration, maybe being offsetting their carbon footprint on the farm, maybe becoming a carbon neutral farm, but ultimately our community becoming a carbon neutral um, carbon neutral community. So that was one of the things that you can do with it, but there's so many other things mm. like you can, the herd from, so basically the, the stalk can be separated in two different parts. It's the fibrous outside, the bast fiber on the outside, which can be made into, as Daniel mentioned earlier, like cloth. So it's been used for fabrics, but it's also been used for insulation mm. as a natural insulation. But the hemp, the woody bit on the inside, that is called shiv, and that can be used when mixed with lime to make a replacement for concrete. So yeah, the hempcrete blocks, um, which also have huge environmental benefits. They're like carbon net, carbon building material. Yeah. It's you know, it's 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 you can't burn it. It's it's. It, um, it really seems like a wonder plant, doesn't yeah, it's, it? It's fire resistant, basically. <laughs> yeah. And when you, when you add the lime to it, the block over time becomes stronger and stronger. So your house actually gets more solid over time because yeah. what it does is it actually pulls carbon from the atmosphere into the lime and the shiv. Mm. And basically your block gets stronger and stronger over time. So so basically your house is, is, is becoming, you know, more fortified over time. We just finished and, a project yeah. as well with... Um, with some students from our peninsula as well who were on the bt scientist awards they came second place for their bale netting which they made from completely from hemp fiber so they they decorticated it they um they made it into twine they crocheted it into a netting and they um to make a kind of a biodegradable bale netting for the agricultural industry and it got it had got such huge support they went on to do another bit of a project and now they're looking at making almost kind of a plastic from the hemp material because it's it, the cellulose in the hemp makes an incredible plastic so you know biodegradable it's plastic. biodegradable and so so there's like you're starting to see lots of things that would have been made from petroleum now being replaced with hemp and i think that's going to continue yeah is there many people growing hemp in ireland at the minute every year it changes like it's on average about 60 or 70 every year you lose so people try it for a year they get frustrated with the fact that there's a lack of processing facilities and then they don't do it again because ultimately if, if there's nowhere to sell it to then there's no reason to buy it or to grow it. Mm. So but that's starting to change now. We're starting to see machinery coming into the country. So I think there's going to be an explosion in hemp farming in the next year or two. And with the Hemp for Soil project, is there many uh, local farmers involved in that? So all in all, we had eight local farmers involved in the project. So we um, and they all grew an acre of hemp. They grew an acre, but they grew it, I suppose, with the support of the research team, because each plot was divided into three sections. Mm. Each plot, one plot had just hemp grown on it. The second plot had hemp 
with this amendment of biochar to the soil. And the third plot had an amendment of biochar and slurry to the soil. So they grew an acre each, which wouldn't be a huge amount of hemp. Yeah. But it was a really good learning experience. Everyone got to experience what it would look, what it's like for it to grow on their land to see if, you know, if they potentially wanted to go and forward and grow it again and and see, especially, I suppose, the environmental benefits and how is it improving the biodiversity and their, and their the carbon sequestration in their soil. Mm. And so, I suppose yeah. it's the support and the encouragement as well of a whole group of people collectively oh, yeah. going through that project at the same mm. time. So was, in terms of the... Um, said so the the production methods and the processing methods like how is that changing are you um processing hemp for other people or what's what's going um, on yeah yeah we we do actually for a, a bunch of other different companies we'd have as i say um, we'd have one down in cork mountain grown hemp we'd one down in waterford it's called choose freedom farms we have another fella grown in limerick it's called shannon site cbd we have another crowd called pilgrim farms uh mayo and then we have another crowd called empire yoga so yeah we've a we've a good bunch of different different people that are um have their own brand and they're also growing themselves as well and we process the oils for them ah, yeah. brilliant brilliant cool okay so i can definitely see that it's the oil is the avenue that you guys are kind of specializing down yes into we're and looking, suppose, we're looking at all aspects of it yeah. but because there was no real processing for the other side of it uh it cost a lot of money to set up the company and all that we needed them to start making money quickly so for sure you had to take the, the low-hanging fruit basically as they say it wasn't low-hanging well it was the one to be able to try and make the money out of straight away because there was no processing for the other side of the plant so that's what we focused on yeah but the, the, the rest of it's coming downstream as well i think you know yeah, it definitely wasn't an easy process. Like, this is <laughs> no, it wasn't. When we started, we I don't know, we had this idea that like in two years we would be up and running with, <laughs> with our, yeah. <laughs> we'd be up and running and everything would be all sorted. But you know, regulation wise, we were we had to do everything by the book and we had to be so so and we had to be really we we really wanted to see this company lasting long time. So we wanted to work with all the different government departments. And unfortunately, there was about six government departments involved mm. in hemp because there just was nobody that was yeah. like really over it. Yeah. It was the HSC, the Food Safety Authority. The Food Safety Authority in itself was like was such a hurdle because the process, we had to develop a process and that process had to be approved by them. And then mm. our facility, they had to come and visit our facility and approve the facility. So that that was like a year in, in itself. Mm. But even to come back and do our masters, that During was the bloody pandemic hit. And then the, the pandemic hit. But I think from yeah. a regulatory point of view, there was there was a lot of dealing with different government departments and just trying to explain to people what we were doing. So like on, on the topic of the regulation, the impression that I get from C B D oil is that it exp- it exploded so fast that there's yeah. a lot of really bad quality CBD oil on the market. There's so much, so, so much crap out there, to be honest, as well. Due yeah, potentially to a lack of understanding or labeling or which country or like, what should you look out for if, if you wanted well, it's to? Not, it's not even that as well. It's because of rules and regulations in certain countries. They would want you to sell an isolated compound out of the plant. So it wouldn't have any of the other compounds or trace elements of the THC in it. But to be honest, you need, it's called a full spectrum. You want basically what's in the plant to be in the bottle. So you want all the different compounds. And if you start trying to play around with the plant and extracting this compound out of it, that compound of it, and you're just left with the CBD, they call it an isolate, and they'll put that into a bottle. And it just, it doesn't work the same way, to be honest. And that's because of governments and rules and regulations, people looked for the easy way to be able to sell their product. 
mm. as well. And by taking the THC and the other compounds out of it, they were able to put a product onto the market. But to be honest, the product wasn't the same. It's not as good. Okay. There's also a big issue, and it's a so the, the, as you say, rightly said, the whole market exploded really quickly, and it was all cannabis and hemp derived CBD that people were buying. But there was a process that you could synthetically make cannabinoids okay and like there's a big pharmaceutical company in ireland that synthetically make cannabinoids and they have a big market for it but it's not the same it's basically yeast vat they're growing there's no hemp or cannabis involved okay. in it whatsoever okay. so they're just growing cannabinoids and they're selling their product they're, they can make it this the, when, when we first started i think cbd on the market would have been like a, a, how much would it have been for Eighty euros for ten years after. No, but like on the wholesale market. Oh, so it was starting out around fifteen thousand a kilo for fifteen thousand a yeah. kilo, and wow. now because of synthetically produced cannabinoids, you can buy it for like five six hundred five six hundred euros a kilo, um, yeah. and that's expensive even for okay. synthetically. So mm. it's very so. What I've noticed is a lot of companies if they say pure CBD on it, mm. um, then. That's not necessarily all of them, but if they say pure CBD, generally that's synthetic CBD, and okay. they've no, there's no regulations around whether they have to, um, they have to identify that it's not being made from the cannabis plant, and so that's really undermined what mm-hmm. is an actual beautiful industry because you have this industry that has this potential to like sequester carbon, purify the soil, um, grow food, you know, produce clothing, and it's been. And the highest value that could be gained from that market is the cannabinoids. And so what's happened now is this this other market has gone in and it's under like undermined mm. the hemp farming because mm. what you can do now is you can take the highest value and you can just grow it yeah. pharmaceutically wise. So that yeah. is one of the things I would definitely look out for. But I think if you're looking for a good product, as Daniel said, a full spectrum that has trace amounts of THC because it actually does add, and you know, the combination of all the cannabinoids together is called the entourage effect. And when they did research on it, they discovered that if all the cannabinoids are together, the the, the benefit is, is is high. But if you isolate the, the one cannabinoid and you only take the one cannabinoid, the the, the benefit you get is is much lower and mm. it kind of tapers mm. off much quicker. And much, much more of it as well. Mm. What are you doing if it's synthetic or something? So you no? sometimes see bottles that might have like ridiculously high amounts of CBD in it. Like you might say like there might be two or three thousand milligrams of CBD in it. Generally, if it's got two or three thousand CBD milligrams of CBD in it, it's an isolate. And you don't know whether that isolate then is from derived from hand. Like, so it really is important to kind of know exactly where you're, where it's coming from. Okay. And what would be the, what would be the kind of price difference between the two of them on the market? They end up be looking the same they price. The same price, yeah. yeah so, okay. but, but they're produced way yeah. cheaper. Yeah. But then they're not telling people that this has been synthetically made in the lab. Do you know what I mean? They'll call it pure CBD or as you say, something like that. So it's kind of misleading information. So people aren't educated in that sense to know what exactly is what. Now, people are starting to educate themselves and they learn a bit about it if they're using and stuff. But what can happen as well is people might try a really poor brand at the start Mm. and they'll go, oh, I, I'm not going to try that stuff again. It's no good. I tried it before mm. and it didn't really work for me That's exactly because it didn't actually yeah. try something that was real and actually derived from the plant. It's a completely different thing, you know? Okay. So just give us the three words so that we need to look first. Full spectrum. Full spectrum. Full spectrum. Uh, what else? Yeah, full spectrum. So the, the way they classify not it is you have an isolate, which would be 
the one compound, like let's say just CBD, could be 99% pure, that's called an isolate. Then you'd have a broad spectrum, which would be they would take the THC out of it. Now, they would still have some of the other compounds in it, but they take the THC out of it so it makes it easier for them to sell it. Mm-hmm. And then you have the full spectrum where it's everything that was in the plant is basically in the bottle as well. So that's, what you're, that's what you're looking for. Yeah. The full spectrum should have a small amount of THC in it. Yeah. Perfect. 0.03%, is it? Yes, in around that mark, exactly, yeah. Great. Okay, everybody rushed We're to get some. We're in school Where here now, lads. Where can we possibly get some? That is the next that's question. What I was going to do with the podcast today, lads, was anybody that uh, was listening to the podcast, if they want to, to text me and say they listen to the podcast, I'm going to send them out a free 5 mil bottle sample for them to try. Oh, oh my wow. God. I've always <laughs> dreamed. I've always dreamed about having like an offer on the podcast. <laughs> so if you just use the discount code NFM. Listen to the podcast or anything like that. They can just give me a text uh, with their address and, I, and I'll stick, in, stick a sample bottle in the post for them. Oh, my goodness. That's that amazing. amazing. You have to be careful, though, because it shows you on our statistics who listens to the podcast. And it's really bizarre. There's like people in like Iran and the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> so, a local only offer can we talk a little bit more about you know the other uh, uses of hemp like you mentioned the building blocks and things like yep. that are people actually doing that with the hemp that you're using now at the moment there yeah so we we had recently we had i think there was five in total mm-hmm. um fifth year students from ul's yeah. architecture program um, they're doing their final year project on building with hemp, um, and so they're making they're making different kind of like building blocks, but also kind of like uh, MDF boards and you know, different th- things like that. I suppose to mm. kind of start investigating it and show the potential. Um, so that's from the hemp that we grow. Grew, so that was really exciting to see that. Ultimately, we'd love to see something built on the peninsula with the hemp that's mm. grown here. But other than that, there is definitely. There's definitely movement in Ireland to see more hempcrete buildings built. There's a few hempcrete buildings in Clap Jordan. Um, we in Lupeds, there's a yoga center in Pure Camping that's 10 years, but they have a hempcrete yoga center. So they were ahead of the game. Mm. But a lot of that hemp is still imported. Mm. So we need a facility in the country. It's called a decorticator. So basically, okay. it's a big hammer and it you, you kind of puts the hemp through it. And it's like breaks apart this woody inner part of the shiv from the fibrous bit on the outside. Gotcha. And until that, until there's a decorder cater in place, um, there isn't really enough hemp being processed in Ireland to build it. To build now, there's a, one or two companies that have bought small decorder caters, and I'm hoping that this year we'll start seeing some Irish hemp buildings. But um, yeah, it's nearly there. We're just on the cusp of it. Okay. I'm sure for you guys in the middle of it, it probably feels frustrating when you see all the potential and and the waste as well. You know, you've got bits and pieces of your plants that could be used so much Mm. better, but it's fast, really. Like from from the outside, it seems to be moving very, very quickly. But I guess that's just the kind of economic potential of just such a versatile plant that's also at such the right moment in terms of the need for more sustainable sustainable practices. Um, Do you know much about the nature restoration law? That no. was passed. No. So it was in J- July. It's worth reading on it. I, we we are doing a podcast with someone like um, an environmentalist who's written a lot about it, and we haven't done it yet. So I can't yeah. talk about it yet. But <laughs> go and have a, go and have a look about it. But I've been reading up, and it's basically a a law. So it's it's not a 
a directive like so it is going to yes. be brought in as a regulation um, and it all the states will have to designate 20% of their of their country of their landmass and 20% of their seas as regenerative and rewilding right. and biodiverse to tick a, a, numbers of a series of boxes and it sounds like a, a hemp farmer just immediately be included in that 20% no need to change anything right mm. yeah look it's still we're still kind of uh it's still not 100% seen as the environmental plant that we know it is um it's I, and I think a lot of that is down to there's been kind of other plants that have been put forward as miracle crop before mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. miscanthus was one of them it was a willow fast-growing willow and um you know it didn't it, it didn't materialize as as the plant that everyone hoped it would be it was still a very fantastic fast growing plant but the markets the end markets weren't developed like so it kind of just fell by the wayside and so there's a lot of resistance then for when when people come along and say oh we have this crop and it's a miracle crop and it will make you this much money and it will do all these things mm-hmm. so i th- we're kind of in the stage now where we have to prove it and we have to prove it on Irish soil. So that's kind of what the hemp for soil project was the start of was kind of saying, okay, these is, this is the carbon sequestration ability of hemp and we want to prove it. And because it's at the moment, it's not really considered one of the carbon sequestration plants that the government are kind of pushing. Um, so as you said there a few minutes ago, and I, I said it to Daniel when we first started, I was like, how lucky are we that we have this plant mm. that has so little research done on it, but it has so much potential mm. and it could solve so many of our big issues. Mm. And we're only just kind of starting to play around with it and nobody really knows what. what yeah, I've been I've been reading up on it and I like the, the use of it and the different types of uses and, and, and stuff has been developing and evolving and, and growing to a point, but like the, the production, the growth, the agriculture of it keeps being like wiped out, made illegal, brought back in again, wiped out, made illegal because yeah. of the, because of the cannabis side of it. Like in the mm. States, they just kept swapping to like importing tons and tons and tons from another country, realizing the potential, yeah. starting a whole policy. And then another thing comes in and wipes the whole, you know, so it yeah. does seem like it's been had this kind of stop start yeah, definitely. Internationally, in, ter- in terms of research and development, you know. Yeah, because even when we started, there was another couple that were like um, in the, the, from Ka- Kama Sushkos. Oh yeah. Um, they had they had started twenty years before us, and they mm. had um, they had started a business, and they could, they were building with hemp, and they were doing li- different things, and I think. They just had started at a time when they were really pushing it. Mm. They were, and it, they were getting that resistance. Yeah, well, back. Just before their time, really, like yeah. yeah. So yeah. the license was given to them, but then there was no kind of support for them. To, so they really just pulled that business together and mm. with very little support. And it could very easily happen to us as well. It could very easily happen that you know regulations could change and we could be wiped out. Yeah, regulations are a big problem, right? You really have to keep on, on top of the different government bodies and what could change yeah. or come down yeah. the line. Closure in the morning, basically, like you know. Yeah. But I think the bioeconomy is our new superpower. Yeah, um, I was just gonna say. I think uh, with that, with that behind you, with that, it's it's, it's yeah. a no brainer. Like we we work with loads of different universities and who have people doing projects and using hemp. And sometimes they can't even mention that it's hemp that they're using. They have to say a biomaterial or biomass. Mm. 
They can't yeah. even mention in your template in their yeah. application because yeah. it's still frowned upon. But if they write it in the application, you can do all of this. This particular biomass that I have, and it can do all of these things. They're like, oh, Jesus, definitely. But then you mention hemp, they go, oh, no, no. no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think has been the biggest surprise for you along the way in your in your hemp growing journey? Um, biggest surprise... I suppose actually being allowed to do this in the end because there were so so much rules and regulations as i say you just thought maybe now nah, we're like you know when you're talking to the hpra which is the health product regulatory authority is like computer says no computer says no they don't even want to talk to you so for the first while you're going ah, we're never going to get through this but eventually once the license came in the door and we got that license it's like yeah we're on the road here now we're going to keep yeah, going yeah, at this yeah, yeah. so the, yeah. the biggest one, and I have to say, this, this for me was like, I went home and had to cry to myself after this. I'm actually getting emotional now. Stop. <laughs> um, but yeah, so our local community had this pride of place competition. They were entered into a pride of place competition. Okay. Um, so Lupet was, um, and Clare County Council were coming down to the peninsula with a couple of judges from other different um, councils in the country. And they were being bussed around Lupet. And they came to the first presentation and the first presentation, two of the major projects that they were supported, were promoting, as been proud of, were hemp projects that were on the peninsula. So I was like, oh, this is amazing. And then the, the bus arrived at our farm and the, the, the guys from the county councils all got out of the bus and walked around and we were telling them all about the project. And by the end of it, they were like, can we get a picture? And I, because to me, sometimes people, when you when you bring them, they're like, they're they really think it's a brilliant idea, but they're kind of nervous about getting a picture. Yeah, when you'd have to take a picture for a canvas pamphlet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were so totally interested, and so much so that they emailed us that evening to tell us how excited they were mm. about being at the farm and what, what huge potential it was for the area. Um, so yeah, I did, that was, that was one of those moments where I was like, oh my God, yeah, we are, this is, people are proud of this now. It's, you know, it's not crazy. We, it's, it's got huge potential. So that was yeah. standout for me. That, that's, is, that's is, super. is there much, cause you're on the wild Atlantic way. It's part of your, I mean, it's your name, no, mm. is there any kind of, um, does that feed in, in any way to your business? Do you have people dro- dropping by, for example? Well, we'd have a lot of farm visits over there. Over the summer, all right, yeah. So def- definitely, um, definitely would be a lot of people calling and a lot of different farmers would ring me up and like to come down and have a look at the hemp and see what way you're growing in and stuff like that. So yeah, I would have a lot of visitors over the summer and, and people are more than welcome to come and see it and visit it and see what way it's growing and see is it something that might work for them. And if people are interested in growing and stuff like that, I will usually help them to try and get started. Hmm. Tell, tell them how to, how, to, how to get it into the ground, what to do, how to harvest it. And I'd usually try and buy that small bit off them. And if it's something that they're interested in, they like, they can think of investing then. But I always tell people just, you know, start out small, do a little bit and see how you get on. And uh, if that works for you, then we maybe can continue with it, you know. Our growing techniques as well, we don't encourage any farmers to use glyphosate. It's a big no-no with me. Mm. So if other farmers are growing first and I'm taking the crop off them, if they use glyphosate, I don't want to, to be honest, because it's it can cause cancer, basically, and the plant is bioremedial, so it'll take up any bad chemicals or heavy metals into the plant, and you're trying to make a food product as well. So it's all regenerative farming that we want to grow it. We want to try and protect the land. That's a big, big aspect of, our, of what we're doing as well, you know? We also kind of thought it would be really positive from a a marketing point of view, because, you know, when you think about Ireland, I suppose at the start, we were like, we had sweet, great, like, like we we want to be sending it all over the world. (laughs) Um, We just thought like the Wild Atlantic Way, when you think of, you know, the West Coast, it's beautiful, Mm. it's healthy, it's organic. It's, you know, it's, you know, it's where you want everything going on for a 
mm. yeah, we're, if you're going to be eating it or you're consuming it, that's where you'd want it to be grown. So mm. that's what we thought as well would be nice for a plush plug for it. But yeah, I suppose the community on the West Coast badly needs an alternative yeah. crop, a diversified crop. So I think, yeah, I think West Coast is where it's going to take off. Mm. What's your hope for the future of hemp growing? In, um, Ireland, in Ireland in particular. Well, as I say, to get my products out across Ireland more. And then once we've kind of established ourselves fully in this country, I'd like to start exporting into other countries, basically, you know, um, looking at more projects as well on the building side of it, looking at more, trying to see can we sequester more carbon. And then the protein side of it as well, we're looking at as well for, 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 for health food supplements, for bodybuilding gyms, that sort of thing as well. So you get like protein and fiber from the seed as well. So that's another aspect we're looking at. So it's it's all the aspects of the plant really that we're looking at. And to see can we have products from all the different parts of the plant basically is what we hope to do within the next few years, you know? Great. Brilliant. So how can people get a, get a hold of your your particular cbd oil right as i say so anyone that was listening today i'm gonna to, i'll send them out a, a free a free um 20 euro bottle for them to try so that's I will. amazing so, um, if they want to just go out and check out our website it's it's wild atlantic hemp they'll be able to get my phone number there basically and if they just text me on say they were listening to the podcast and text me on their address and stuff i'll put it in the post from the next day basically that is super yeah amazing. so it's wildatlantichemp.com and we have a facebook page and an instagram as well so you can check us out yeah and my number will be there you can get my number on that Thank Brilliant. you so much, lads. That was amazing. Hello. Ah, I feel educated. I feel very educated. <laughs> wham, 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 wasn't it? You could probably keep us on for another hour. I do have to get to work eventually. We're, we're <laughs> so that's wildatlantichemp.com. Do check it out. Thank you so much to Daniel and Laura for their time today. You have been listening to the Neighbour Food Podcast. We are your hosts, Jack Crotty and Jolene Cronin. And we look forward to being back with you soon.